0: I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, please. And today we're doing our first episode about the office. And I can't, I have been like looking forward to this all week. We're gonna have so much to say. It's gonna be this is gonna get buckle in, guys. This is gonna be like a three-hour episode.
1: (laughs) So we're doing nine quotes each, right?
0: Yeah, nine office quotes. And so just as a preface, this was very stressful for me. I really felt the pressure because I have way more than nine favorite office quotes. So how I interpreted it this time was I went with ones that are favorites that are like probably like no one's paid too much attention to. Like I I went with And that's what
1: I was gonna ask you whether you looked through any lists at any No, I didn't. I didn't either. I didn't because I
0: also know from the, like the zeitgeist, like what people like, there are really popular ones and I kind of know them off the top of my head without having to look up a list. So I didn't do that. So I'll probably call out at the end, like which of the top ones that I like as my favorites, but I went with ones that are more under the radar that I personally like. All right. So do you want to uh, kick it off today?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm Um, excited. My first one, this is probably the only one that I think is probably is on all the lists mm-hmm. just because I have a vague awareness of it. Okay. But it's when Stanley screams at Ryan yes, Boy have you lost your mind cause no, no, no. I'll help you no, find no. it. I will never get over how funny I think that is. It's it, it r- First of all, Ryan needs desperately needs to be put in his place. Oh, yes. And of all the people, Stanley is the most perfect person to do it. Yeah. He does it so effortlessly. I can't believe you're just-
0: starting off with a Stanley quote, knowing your feelings on Stanley. Like, Stanley's one of your least faves.
1: It's not my feelings on Leslie, the actor. Or, oh, the, yeah, way, no. or the way Stanley mm-hmm. is acted. It's just the... Some of the lines they write for him, I think, are kind of—I don't know—predictable. Maybe
0: I see what you're saying. They sort of—he's sort of more of a like a a caricature, more so than a lot of the others. Like I know they like they all kind of are one note if you boil them down. Like Meredith is the drunk, crazy one, and like Stanley's the lazy one that doesn't care, and like whatever. So they all kind of fall into that. But I think you're right. They don't do much with Stanley like that expands him beyond that he's sort of yeah. just the guy that doesn't care about his job really very much
1: oh i also i forgot to mention i wrote down what episodes they all were from okay in case people want to go back and watch them so okay what's that The quote is from take your daughter to work day which is an episode
0: i don't like I do not like that episode. I think it's a little boring. I think I the stuff with Pam in that episode is annoying because she's like trying to oh,
1: impress yeah, the that kids. Is kind of sad too. It's a it's a
0: it's a it's a like what you p- highlighted is like the highlight of that episode. I'm not a big fan of that episode. It's usually when I skip. Honestly, and you know
1: what? Actually, because I know you have a thing about thinking Jim is like not the greatest guy, mm-hmm. and I tend to disagree, but. I actually think he is a little douchey in that episode Insensitive to Pam in that episode. Yeah. Especially when he like shows her up with that kid when when she's like
0: trying all day to have like, and instead of like helping her, he doesn't, he's just like, let me show you how I'm great with kids. (laughs) Like it it is, it is not a, he is a little, he is a little insensitive, but I think it's because her like, like she's with Roy. So she's like focused on like, doing it with Roy so maybe it's like a maybe he's doing it not on purpose do we think he's doing it on purpose like that he's like subtly like I'm showing you that like I'm good with kids and the guy you're with now like you should be with me is that what we think it is the oh, office ladies maybe. the office ladies covered this moment and I disagreed with their interpretation of it
1: That maybe he's sort of showing off but not in a way of saying look how much better I am at this than you yeah but more of saying just look how great I am at this. I'm the kind of guy who's good with kids. I feel, That's how I always read that. Moment. I like that actually. That makes me feel less bothered by it. That's
0: what how I always read that moment because it seems like he's like, cause she's so like, I want to be good with kids. I want to be good with kids. So he's showing like, I'm good with kids. You shouldn't be with me. <laughs> like, that's how I always read it. But so what's your next one? Okay.
1: Or uh, my, I should say your first one.
0: Yeah. My first one. Okay. So it's from, it's actually before, right, it's the moment right before a very popular quote from the show. And it's in Casino Night, and it's between Michael and Toby. And it's when Michael is talking to the office about, um, he's saying, like, what's going to happen and, like, how they're going to, and they're talking about how they're doing it for the Boy Scouts of America. And um, he says to them. At the end of the night are going to give the check
1: to an actual group. Boy Scouts, right, Toby? We're gonna. Actually, I didn't think it was appropriate to invite children since it's, uh, you know, there's gambling and alcohol and it's in our dangerous warehouse and it's a school night and, you know, Hooters is catering. You know, is, that en- is that enough? Should I keep going? <laughs> <laughs> and I just. I love it because he sounds so exasperated yeah
0: because he's just like like and like at the end of it when he's just like is is that enough do I like do I need to keep going (laughs) and then of course Michael says the quote that everybody knows which is like why are you are the way that you are like the (laughs) the quote that everybody knows is the one after it but I think Toby's quote is funnier I think it's so funny because it just shows because I'm sure it also shows like a background that like I'm sure this is not the first time Toby has suggested to Michael that, like, maybe we shouldn't have a group of children come into the warehouse (laughs) to accept this Yeah, like, Toby
1: has definitely talked Michael down hundreds of times before. And especially since they talk about how it's something they do every year. It's sort of like every time Toby... Has to get involved. There's like a big heaving sigh beforehand. Yes.
0: He's like, Oh God, you guys couldn't just like handle this on your own. It had to be me that's got to deal with it, especially because he knows Michael's not going to listen to him. So, what is your next one?
1: During the episode, The Delivery, when they're all in the car driving to the hospital and Dwight says he's going to lead the way. Okay. (laughs) And as they pull out of the parking lot, Michael, what Michael what? This is where I saw that deer last week. where? Right over by that fence. by the bushes okay, Michael yeah. focus. okay go 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 let's go I I don't know why it's it's like it's such a s- subtly perfect illustration of Dwight's personality. The writers zero in on it so well Mm -hmm. that, like, this is the most urgent moment that has probably ever happened in the entire series. Yep. And Dwight stops. Not only does Dwight stop to talk about something else, which is such a Dwight thing with no awareness of what's (laughs) going on, but also that it's that he's pointing a deer out to Michael. That's not even there now. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) And on top of that, also, that it's such a suburban um, Northeast thing to point out where you saw a deer last week. Yeah. You know, for those who don't live in the Northeast, like, we hit a lot of deer. (laughs) And so it's just, I I would love to know which one of the writers wrote that line because I, I feel like they have to be from where we're from. I agree. And I also, I
0: love when shows in particular, the office, but any show when they give a line, that's funny, but also like shows something about the character in just a few words. Like they, they let you know a history with that line. That's just like, not only is Dwight like constantly telling Michael about like, he saw a deer on his way (laughs) to work. Like it's the most, bizarre thing to say to him like on a frequent basis and then to point it out and that Michael is interested he's like oh right over there
1: like (laughs) it's because Michael's reaction is great in that moment too Jim has or some I must be Jim has to say like you got like are you?" yeah like
0: come on like like Michael like go (laughs) like yeah and they're totally and it just shows a history of the two of them and like it says something about Dwight that, like, not only does he feel he needs to tell Michael, but he needs to re-bring it up and show Michael that this is what I was talking about when last week we were talking about it. It is, it's, there are a couple of moments in that episode that are funnier than I always remembered. Like, it's I, my favorite line from that episode is when Michael reveals to them that she's, like, f- uh three minutes apart on her contractions and and jim says to him i told you to tell me five minutes he goes oh no two he's two minutes apart he goes what happens to four in three minutes (laughs) it's so funny that's my favorite moment of that episode but my next one i'm going to keep on the toby theme um it's not a toby line but it's talking about toby it's from frame toby which is not an episode i like very much but the beginning is pretty good um when it's when michael toby's now back from costa rica and um <laughs> michael doesn't know he's back yet they They're in the, it's the cold open where they're in the beginning and um mindy i or, feel like uh, i know what you're gonna say kelly makes a comment kelly makes a comment that she's bringing a brownie back to toby and and michael's like what are you talking about toby's not here and so then he finds out that toby's here so that moment is very famous everybody loves that moment but what i love is in he's in his office after he now knows Toby's back and David he calls David Wallace and
1: now what I'm curious about is how you were able to go an entire week without knowing a member of your staff was there <laughs> <laughs> even Wallace is one of
0: the most underrated characters totally. in the entire show 1000% it's hard to believe that the CEO would be as tolerant as David is for Michael's antics but he really is and i think it's like the fact that david is so like lax in a
1: way is interesting that they made that get away like let let michael get away with a lot
0: like even all the stuff in like stress relief when they have those meetings about you know dwight setting the office on pretend fire (laughs) and things like like that's insane and
1: giving stanley a heart attack yeah and that's like
0: insane behavior. And David does not. He's mad and he yells at him. But they should both be fired for that. Why don't you give us our, your next one?
1: It's from the episode Money. Oh and yes, and it's pretty long, so I'm sure we'll put a clip in. Uh huh. To your clients, to whomever. Okay. Oh, what? It's whoever, not whomever. That's whomever. No, whomever is never actually right. Well,
0: sometimes it's right. Michael is right. It's a made-up word used to trick students. No. Actually,
1: whomever is the formal version of the word. Obviously, it's a real word, but I don't know when to use it correctly. Not a native speaker. I know what's right, but I'm not going to say Because
0: you're all jerks who didn't come see
1: my band last night.
0: Do you really know which one is correct?
1: I don't know. It's whom when it's the object of the sentence and who when it's the subject. That sounds right. Well, it sounds right, but is it? How did Ryan use it as an object? As an object. Ryan used me as an object. I genuinely think that is the funniest bit of dialogue in the entire show
0: their interplay in those big group scenes because in something like that, especially because I think some, some it's Stanley, right. That or some, somebody who doesn't normally talk talks in that scene that you're talking about. I think Stanley says something. Yeah,
1: Stanley does says how did Ryan use it as an object? And normally Stanley not only is not talking, but he's not even paying attention. Right. At right. He's actively trying not to, to absorb anything they're saying in the conference room.
0: So it always strikes me as interesting that when people like that get involved that don't typically, I always wonder, like, what was the reason that they had Stanley say the line instead of angela or somebody else that would maybe get involved so it's in i would love to have one of the writers talk about like how they go about writing those group scenes and particular that where there's like a lot of moving parts and like it ends up the punchline of that is when <laughs> is when kelly says ryan used me as an object but also the scene leading up to it is comical and has parts that are leading to that so i really would be curious to hear how they construct that Kind of and I also
1: wonder if the fact that they have Stanley say one of those lines actually adds to how funny it is. Yeah. Specifically because Stanley doesn't participate, that this is something Stanley chose to participate in as whether it's who or whom. Yeah. Is so random and funny. and
0: it's and I this one I, I knew was on your list before and and it's funny because there is a different one in another episode that's similar. It's in um, it's in performance review in the conference room and they're doing the um the suggestion box meeting. Yeah. And Michael says um, Michael's reading a post-it note about him having coffee breath. And he's and, and Toby's like, aren't those suggestions for you? And he's like, if you're if you're inferring that. I have coffee breath and Creed speaks up and says he wasn't inferring. He was implying you were inferring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Yes. And because it's Creed, like that line is funny anyway. But coming from Creed is even funnier because Creed is usually so checked out. Yeah. And he chose to speak up and correct
0: him in that meaning that that he used the wrong word. (laughs) It's just... I... The next one I have is an inter an uh, an exchange between Michael and Dwight. I actually didn't write down the episode. I meant to go back and find out what episode it's from. So, um, it's when the episode is when it's late. It's a late episode where um Daryl um gives an idea to Gabe instead of well he had given it to Michael and Michael didn't give it to corporate and then and then corporate finds out about the idea from Gabe and and Michael's the, spends the whole episode mad that daryl went behind his back to gabe and and gave him the idea and he's in his office and he's mad at daryl and he's talking to dwight
1: a little peeved at daryl right now he went to gabe behind your back no he didn't go behind my back he went over my head he went over your head to go behind your back what is taking someone from behind no shh michael
0: Which it really fits into what we're talking about. First of all, it's little word play, like word repartee. but also it's a very explicit. It's a pretty over the line <laughs> joke as far as like sexual content is concerned. Like that's as far as the show really goes. yeah, and it's a very dirty joke, but it's it's funny because of the way Michael says it. You can tell he's like really asking Dwight. Like, yeah, like, he, it speaks to his, um, like, naivete, almost.
1: Yeah, and inexperience.
0: Yeah, because he genuinely is asking Dwight. He's not saying it as like, and then Dwight it just waves him off. He's like, dah, dah. like, he, like, makes a sound, and it's just, like, just forget that. <laughs> like, he's, like, not even going to address it, but crazy to think about how his mind got there because he's mad he's talking to Dwight and it was just a word association thing that like I guess over my head to him sparked taking someone
1: from behind imagine what the writers room was like because they must have done I I don't I know nothing about the craft of writing for TV Mm -hmm. but I imagine they must do word association things like that totally often yeah and to have been there to witness (sighs) Some of the most brilliant minds in comedy writing doing word association like that probably every week. Yeah, off the charts. All right, what is your next one? It's from the episode New Leads. Horrible episode.
0: (gasps) Oh, my God. I would like your undivided attention, please. You couldn't handle my undivided
1: attention. I have some (sighs) questions. Okay. Does Dwight realize the reference he's making to A Few Good Men? No. And if he does catch the reference, is he purposefully
0: using that line? No, I think it's the writers writing it like that. But I think Twy has no clue because I think he really (laughs) makes it even better. I think it I think he feels like that is the truth. <laughs> I think he's. <laughs> I think so he's. Right. I think he's like you. Definitely couldn't handle my undivided attention, and he. And nor does he feel that Michael deserves his und- undivided attention. Like he thinks. Wow,
1: that is also so true. He,
0: there's no way that Dwight, because Dwight, while he like idolizes Michael and like wants to be his, like, like, like thinks he's really cool and really loves him and looks up to him. I also think in the back of his mind, he knows he's probably smarter and better than Michael. And like, shouldn't, or
1: thinks he, or thinks yeah, he.
0: thinks he is, and so, like, but not in an arrogant way, in a way that's like, I know I have a leg up on this guy, and it's a shame that I have to report to him, but that's why he like teams up with him and stuff like that. Because I think that Dwight, in the back of his mind, sort of almost thinks he should be in charge of Michael, and I think you see little moments of that come out, but I think that that really is behind that quote where it's like he he's like I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even deign to give Michael my undivided attention I know he can't handle it I know he doesn't need it or deserve it (laughs) so so that's why he says it because it's like little stuff Dwight's more self-aware than I think he gets credit for in the show
1: it's almost like he's constantly switching that thought on us
0: It's interesting.
1: He has awareness in certain places, but then he has blind spots in others. Totally. Because, and then it's things like where he, where he falls
0: for Jim's pranks. Like he fully believes things that Jim tells him, even though he should be smarter and shouldn't. Like he should know like that Jim's playing a prank on him and stuff like that, but then he doesn't.
1: And I do think Dwight is actually very smart. Yes. And I think that his blind spots have less to do with intelligence and more to do with sort of like some social cue type things that maybe I agree or underdeveloped. I agree because because he tech he is smart. Like I was watching
0: um, Doomsday which is an episode that I didn't realize I liked very much, but he has some really good moments in that because he's so mad. He's so bitter at that point because Andy's the manager and he's very bitter about that whole thing because he doesn't think that he should be answering to Andy and Andy is
1: kind of, Oh yeah.
0: I understand too. I always feel bad for Dwight in those final seasons because he really does deserve it. And he just, no one will give him a chance, but, um, well, they do. And then he shoots a gun in the office,
1: (laughs) perfect illustration of how he really keeps us on our toes yes but he's he's feeling like he
0: like defeated and everything but then he sees an opportunity because andy's messing up and the office is making a million mistakes and robert california comes in and says you have to end these mistakes and andy immediately goes to dwight for an answer and says dwight what should we do which is not fair to dwight because andy's a manager robert california asked andy to do it and he immediately goes to dwight and says what should i do so dwight sees it as an opportunity to maybe Like he gives the office a fair shot to to prove themselves or they fail. And then he might reap the benefits of that because they failed of their own accord. And he says that to them, like when they they have he sets up the doomsday device and they get five strikes and everyone's like, Dwight, Dwight, turn off the machine. And he's like, no, I'm not turning off the machine. He's like five mistakes in less than a day. And you and and then like Phyllis says something like oh, well, we tried our best. And he's like, no, you didn't. He's like, no, you didn't. You uh, ha- hassled me all day about turning off the device. You tried to hack into it. You complained. You tried things around it. So like when he has stuff like that, you could tell he's really paying attention. He's a hundred percent right. In my opinion, everyone's very hard on him in that episode, but I don't think any, he's saying he's saying is wrong. And so it's, Moments like that, you know, he's smart, but then, you know, in the next moment, you know, he's doing something with Jim and he's complete. he's looking for raccoons in the wall with a stethoscope. And then, and then and then it's like, what are you doing? So with that said, I will go with a Dwight one that I really like, which sort of illustrates what we're talking about. It's in the Michael Scott Paper Company episode. It's in heavy competition. Charles is making Dwight wear a long sleeve shirt. Because he, can't, and, cause he thinks it's more professional. And Dwight says in a talking head.
1: When Michael was in charge, his place was like the Roman Empire and the Wild West and war-torn Poland and Poland. It was just a lot going on. So what you were to work was the least of anybody's worries. And in that chaos, I soared. <laughs> it- The line itself is so funny, but there's actually so much truth to the fact that that chaos and lack of sort of boundaries and rules allowed Dwight to succeed because he was able to do it exactly the way he needed and wanted to do it. Exactly.
0: And I think it really demonstrates what we were just saying in that Dwight acknowledges that that was the case. That, like, it was just so much, like, it was chaos, but I was able to do my thing, and I was able to do a really good job in
1: that chaos. Yeah. Whereas now, having more rules, he feels constricted, and, like, he can't. Yep. Yep. He at his best yeah
0: because he's he's under the thumb of Charles who's like micromanaging in a weird way that he's like trying to make sure everybody does it the way he wants to do it yeah and thinks that Dwight should be more professional and and things like that and so when he says it in that chaos I soared and he's like playing with his his shirt the whole time because he's <laughs> so uncomfortable because he's used to not having any sleeves
1: so funny to think about everything from Charles's perspective
0: mm-hmm.
1: Charles's that sounds wrong. From
0: Charles' perspective. I never know how to do that. I know how to write it. I know it's the apostrophe at the end of the S instead of another S. <laughs> but I don't know how to say it.
1: I think it's Charles's. Okay. From Charles's perspective, how he walks into, like Dwight said, chaos. so much chaos. Yeah. And everybody is out of control. And everybody does things however the hell they want to. And... Michael just ramps everybody up and unravels everybody. Yeah, Charles what, must be like, what the hell did I get myself into? That's
0: part, that's one of my favorite sections of the show. The Charles coming in, the Charles episodes, Michael Scott paper company, and then the the end of the, dis- the dissolution of Michael Scott paper company is like one of my favorite arcs in the show, because I think it's so well done. And Michael, goes from zero to 100 in those episodes, like, at warp speed. His behavior yeah, yeah. in the one where Charles comes is out of control. Like, when he starts mo- mocking him in the middle of the whole office. Oh, my gosh,
1: that crazy. is so uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: He's, like, free. he's fully freaking out. Like, he, like, he is visibly losing control of the yeah. office and himself. Like, he cannot...
1: And doesn't Pam say something about Michael, like, the the different degrees or the different levels he yes. usually gets to yes. And yes. Picked a bunch of them. Yes. And went straight into repeating what <laughs> Charles was saying. Yeah. It's bad. It's real bad.
0: What is your next one?
1: So my next one is from safety training. When Dwight runs into the room to round everybody up and get them outside for Michael's jumping off the roof stunt and they're all messing with Dwight
0: it's a nice outside. It's gorgeous. Let's go. Do I need my jacket?
1: No, it really is. It's very nice. Come on. Will I be too warm in a long sleeve tee? Everyone's going to be fine in exactly what they're wearing. Let's go. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I've seen this episode many times, and it wasn't until this <laughs> most recent rewatch <laughs> that I realized that they, <laughs> Ryan, right before Dwight says that, Ryan says something like, am I going to be okay in my long sleeve t-shirt? Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize until now that that's actually a callback from earlier in the episode when Toby's talking about having a sweater on you in case there's a draft and Ryan says something like, what about a long sleeve tee? Yeah. That it was, that was, (laughs) it was already my favorite quote when Dwight yells that, but then realizing that Ryan has that callback just, pushed it over the edge for me
0: so i have always known about the callback because it's such a weird collection of words like a long sleeve tee is such a weird thing that it like like clicked in my head i knew that it was a callback what's interesting about what you said when you were setting up the quote is that you think the office is messing with him about like i mean ryan clearly is but somebody says something first you think that they're messing with him or- i think
1: there must, I I. I don't know if it's, I want to say it's Phyllis.
0: I think it is Phyllis. Do we need a jacket, I think.
1: Along the lines of like, what's the weather like? Yeah, she says something like, it, "Do we, well, we need
0: a jacket, I think she says, or something yeah. like that.
1: But then like a couple of them pile on and maybe it is genuine, but to me it seems like they're messing with him a little bit. I've
0: never read, it's so interesting that you say that. I've never read it that way. I always, re- like Ryan is, but I. I it, in my head, It was only Ryan that's messing with him. It seems like the rest of them are really asking, like, is it okay with what we're wearing? Like, what would be okay to go outside like this? Especially Phyllis. She really seems like she's actually asking him, like, oh, if we're going to go outside, like, I need to know. Do I need a coat? And so it's interesting. I've never thought about it that way, that that they're probably messing with him because he's clearly it's clear from the way he walks into the room that he's he's unhinged and like, that he's plotting something with Michael because of the way he walks in. And he's like, Michael's up on the roof and acting strange. <laughs> it's like, So it's yeah. not, you know, there's a scheme
1: going on. I also find something so weirdly touching about him saying everyone's going to be fine and exactly what they're wearing. I, I don't know that he necessarily like really thought about whether everyone would be fine, but I like to think that he did. I agree. And to hear him say that feels like, you know, what it, you know, there's a little nod in there to actually caring about the well-being of everyone. You know else. what
0: it reminds me of? And I totally agree with what you're saying. I do think that he actually did maybe think about it and does care about them being okay with what they're wearing. It reminds me of the quote in um, the one where Michael is like wandering the streets and him and Dwight and Holly and Aaron are trying to find Michael. Yes. And Dwight is in the car on the phone with Pam and Pam asks him to pick up stuff from the store. And he goes, I'm obviously going to get that stuff for you, Pam yes that is the same same yeah it's the same feeling that's how I just it instantly came into my head because the second you said that I'm like that's exactly what that quote does for me
1: why does that fill me with such joy and comfort because he's such a buffoon
0: that when he has moments that are like genuine and cute it strikes you as more so because he's just like you know that he really does care and like says that to her and it's just so cute I love that moment
1: what's your next one
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to go with one from Cafe Disco. One of our uh faves. <laughs> um, it's between Dwight and Michael and it's right after Phyllis um hurts herself in the in the Cafe Disco. Yeah. And um and Michael goes to get Dwight and they walk out of the room and
1: Yeah, back injuries are common. Not as common as knee injuries, but more common than wrist injuries. I don't need a history lesson, okay? What do you think history is? Just <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think about this quote a lot. I, I never caught that quote on my I own. I love it because he it's again it's a, it's similar to the one you talked about with um Dwight stopping to to point out the deer thing because it's a very high pressure situation and Dwight just can't resist saying to Michael, "What what do you think
1: history is?" Like, well, I'm not saying anything about history. What are you talking about? Like <laughs> It's another one that perfectly illustrates their personalities in such a short exchange. A thousand percent
0: because he is the type of person that would have to correct michael michael is genuine in saying history because he's flustered and he's like whatever he's like i don't need he because michael probably doesn't even mean history he's just like i need i can't listen like i need you to stop what you're saying like
1: i don't care what you're saying to me right now i don't need these facts like i need you to just do what i'm saying white (laughs) definitely considers himself to be like a steward of history
0: oh for sure (laughs) for sure for sure so the fact that michael thinks that risk that facts about injuries is history what do you got next
1: um okay the next one is from night out and it's when ryan is like speaking to the entire group about launching the website i think if i had created a website with this many problems i'd kill myself
0: Do you have a question, Kelly?
1: Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? (laughs) I love Mindy. I also love how on the Office Ladies podcast, they said that eventually Kelly's character just evolved into basically like Mindy as her real self. So what's your next one? Okay,
0: so my next one is in Fun Run um well probably my favorite episode (laughs) and um it's it's, i think it is it's my go-to whenever i turn on an episode it's always fun run um it's right after michael hits meredith with his car and he has to call ryan because the office hates him and he tells ryan that he needs to win their affections back and he tells them that he tells ryan that he hit meredith with his car and ryan of course freaks out and says but she will be on
1: company property
0: yes it was on company property with company property. So double jeopardy. We are
1: fine. I don't I don't think you understand how Jeopardy works. Oh, right. I'm sorry. What is we're fine? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so actually I just realized while saying this quote that it's interesting the relationship between Michael and Ryan because it's almost like Ryan is Michael's Dwight. No, I'm sorry. Ryan is to Michael as Michael is to Dwight. Yeah. Like Ra- like Michael like wants to be liked by Ryan so much and so does Dwight wants to be loved by Michael. And all they want is to just be their friend. And so they're in this weird like triangle thing where Ryan doesn't care about either of them. And then Michael desperately wants Ryan to think he's cool and great and funny. And then, and Michael and Dwight wants that of Michael. And so I literally never thought about it until I was just reading that because he's like talking to Ryan, like he's his buddy. Meanwhile, he's his boss. And, and
1: it's, it's his relationship. Is so perfect too. Sorry. I didn't mean. No, to That's answer. okay. Go ahead. It's so perfect too, because i lost my train of thought what was i gonna say shit i interrupted you to say nothing that's okay (laughs) that's okay Uh, oh it's so perfect too because it perfectly illustrates how michael it's not that michael doesn't have a respect for authority it's almost that michael doesn't have an understanding of authority yeah you're, like, that's true. Because Ryan worked under him and now works over him, Michael has a complete inability to shift the way he Absolutely. speaks to Ryan. Totally. Like, And totally. anyone who comes in who actually does have authority, like Charles, Michael can't, He he can't handle it. Can't and I wonder, too, if that's part of why David Wallace tends to be lax with Michael in certain ways. Like, maybe David just realizes that that's the way, like, that's how he needs to handle Michael.
0: Because you're right. David is sort of the only one who can, kind of. And it's I would argue that Michael is sort of the, like, David is the only one he actually sort of Knows how to talk to a boss, like,
1: yeah, if- like Michael has developed respect for David. Yes. I think partially because he feels like David has an understanding of why Michael needs the freedom to do what he does. Absolutely, does that make sense? It does, I, that? I think so I myself, but I think so.
0: Another funny Ryan Michael moment that I love is in Night Out, the one that you talked about, because that's the one where Michael and Dwight go to Ryan in the city, right? That's Night Out. I it. think so. It must I be. I think so. So um when they go and they see Ryan and Ryan's high. And Michael and Dwight show up at the club and Ryan is excited to see them because he, because um, he's high. And
1: because and it's such an out of place surprise.
0: Yeah. And so, and Michael and Dwight show up and Ryan's so excited. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys are here. And Michael like takes a second and he goes, Ryan, it's Dwight and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> because
1: even though he's finally getting what he wants he's like this he is not so like
0: this is not how i'm normally met by ryan <laughs> he's like this is not the normal reaction this is special it's totally it's he doesn't know what he had how to react to getting what he wants oh <laughs> i makes love it yeah i love that okay my next one is another long dwight one it's in stress relief um, and it's the second part it's after the roast it's after um, they make Michael feel bad by roasting him and Michael's out
1: it's very unusual for Michael not to show up to work my guess he's either deeply depressed or an icicle has snapped off his roof and impaled his brain he's this terrible habit of standing directly underneath them and staring up at them and I always say Michael take two steps back and stare at the icicle from the side and he's like no I like the way they look from standing directly underneath them it was only a matter of time,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> again, it's where it there's like a pattern here because it's very similar again to the dear one. It shows a history of the relationship between Michael and Dwight that I really enjoy. It's just you can totally hear that conversation taking place, even yes. even though it's Dwight just recapping it. You could totally and, and Dwight
1: having the wherewithal to say like don't stand under the icicles. Right. Dwight's like a nature man.
0: Yeah. He's like, don't stand directly underneath it when you look at it. And Michael being a child is like, no, I like it. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to
1: stop. <laughs> and it just shows their relationship so well in this tiny little quote. My next one is one of my favorite Dwight lines ever, which oh. is... What you did, you expect to be bundled." <laughs> That's in the end, right? That's towards the end. It's in goodbye, Michael. Yes. And I actually, the first time I heard the line, I looked it up to see whether "buddled" was an actual word. And it is. It is? Because yes. I was going to ask you that. I've never heard
0: that. <laughs>
1: so um, for a, a couple, like a minute earlier in the scene when Dwight gives Michael the, what are they called? The Colorado, the Rocky Mountain oysters or yes. whatever. Yeah got a treat for you oh thank you like a butler (laughs) (laughs) and then dwight is mad that michael didn't recommend him for the job and will ferrell's character got it and so that's when he says to him
0: you know you brought up will's will ferrell's character and i know i texted you the other day that he's so horrible but i think we need to take a second and try and unpack why that is because it bothers me so why D'Angelo is one of the least funny characters in the whole thing. And Will Ferrell I is very funny. The
1: funniest. Yeah.
0: Like what, what is the problem there?
1: Like, I wonder if part of it has to do with the fact that as iconically funny as Will Ferrell is, the office is not his type of comedy. Will Ferrell is not a subtle comedian. No. He's not a calm comedian. He's, He's yeah. over the top in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and I think maybe his his energy and his style of comedy doesn't totally fit. Then they also don't part of it. They also don't make his care. They probably could fit that type
0: of comedy in, but they don't even make his character like that. His character's like this weird, subdued guy who's sort of weird, but also like is authoritative and like kind of bosses them around and like sort of he is a weird character i don't get it and they bring and i never will understand the choice to have brought him in before michael leaves i don't get it
1: yeah it takes
0: away from the like those those last couple episodes like the last dundies ever or whatever it's called is such a bad episode and because the fact that i i don't get it like, why did they do that? Like, they could have just brought him
1: in after. Like, he, like, all they needed was one. Well, think, about, think about, like, the thought process that went into that. If if you had never, if these scenes hadn't even been written yet, and someone said to you, imagine a few episodes of The Office with Steve Carell yeah. leaving and Will Ferrell taking over. Like, that sounds incredible.
0: You're right. It didn't happen. It it
1: just went wrong. It just, I found him to be, he had that weird sort of like underlying anger and like cruelty, how he's like, kind of once Michael's gone, he's like very mean, but then says that he was joking. Yeah. Like, Like, why didn't they know that this is not working? Like, I don't know. It's exceptionally bothersome because it's someone who is so iconically right. And like, And you'd think that him and Steve
0: Carell would be like in their element of like funny, but they just aren't. And it sucks. I hate those episodes with him in it. Like, I'm glad they had the sense at least probably because of Will Ferrell's availability. But I'm glad that it was because of that, that they pull him almost immediately after he's manager. Like, Could you imagine if he was like the manager for the way they take him off the show is extremely disturbing? Yeah, it doesn't work. And, it, and they make it last too long. So much of him, too. He's, like, not an accent. He's, like, stealing the show half the time. Like, that Dundee's episode is, like, 90% just Steve Carell and Will Ferrell. It's, like, this is not what I'm watching this show for. This brand new character to be taking up all the time that he could be doing this with Dwight. Like, how funny would it have been for Dwight to be co-hosting the Dundees with Michael for the final time? That would have been so great to see. Right. But instead, Dwight's mad at him the whole time because he's doing this thing with D'Angelo. DeAngelo is not funny; it's annoying. His his whole stick about not liking to be performing makes no sense because he is the manager and holds meetings. And I know they call that out, but it's kind of like putting a lampshade on it. I don't think it's funny. Like I, I, what does that mean? like it's sort of like um, I don't know what it actually means, but it means like it's sort of like when a show calls something out that's like not realistic or what or like is a problem with the show like have you ever watched a ryan murphy show ryan murphy who does glee and american Uh horse his he's famous for that like they'll he'll have a major problem going on with the show or something that's crazy that always happens and then after a while they'll call it out in the show it's sort of like a look to camera like a like a isn't this crazy that we do this all the time Mm -hmm. and it's like (laughs) and it's and that's what it is it's like putting a lampshade on it where it's like just because you call it out doesn't mean that it's any better like it's it's not funny okay moving on you just went right so it's me yeah okay my last two are from the same episode so which is crazy to me especially when you hear what it is my second to last one is from sex ed and it's um a group scene when they're in the beginning and Michael walks in with his cold sore and they're talking about it and he thinks and he he thinks it might be cancer and Pam has to head him off and say, no, it's not cancer.
1: Yeah, my last physical when I was 40. That was like 10 years ago. No, it was like four years ago. Michael, you're at least 46. Why at least? If you're guessing 46, just say 46.
0: It's funny how angry Michael gets about them talking about his age. And it's just... It's interesting. It's just what it's a well written joke because it's funny the way he the way he says it. Why at least he says it because Kevin's instinct is to say at least because he thinks that he's old and he's saying at least because these you've got to be at least 46 so there's intention behind him saying that and michael hears that when he says it and he's like why are you doing it he's like it's insulting to me you're calling me old why are you saying it like that just say if you know that i'm 46 then just say that you don't have to say at least it makes it mean And it makes it mean. You don't have to do that. It makes
1: it mean. Yes. It does that's make exactly it mean. He feels is.
0: hurt. They're hurting his feelings. He's upset. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so my next one is from the episode gossip. Oh, and okay. it's um, with my favorite character from the office. When Andy is talking about being worried that maybe he's gay and he's like huh. trying to figure out whether he is or not, and he's <laughs> describing a scenario to Oscar.
0: Where Who is your favorite? Right, it's Oscar. Oscar is my favorite. Okay. Guy.
1: Would I push him away? How hard? Like, what if he's like really aggressive?
0: If you resisted Brad Pitt a little bit, he would still need to get to you. This is not
1: real Brad Pitt. Oscar's delivery to me is unparalleled it's very oscar yeah and it's also like the 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 point that he gleaned from what andy said all the the so many ridiculous aspects of what andy said why he's saying it why he's even having this thought process and the thing that oscar picks up on is if (laughs) if you resisted Brad Pitt he would still need to get to you Brad Pitt would desire you so intensely that even if you resisted he would have to continue (laughs)
0: Uh. and then he says like right after that it goes to a talking head of him saying that like what exactly is my responsibility here to comfort insecure heterosexual men, that can't possibly fall to me.
1: <laughs> it's, like, it's funny, he's right. It's like, what is he supposed to say? It is. And I think, and I think on a more serious note, that's something that a lot of us, meaning white people, have realized and discovered, unfortunately, only just this year. Yeah. Which is that we have a lot of blind spots in terms of Um, people of color and LGBTQ people and their experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a tendency to when we have a realization about something that we didn't previously know, Mm -hmm. our instinct is to go to someone from one of those communities and say, oh my gosh, I just realized this. Like, how do I fix this? Or can you help me figure this out? Or can you, and it's, so absolutely imperative that we take responsibility for our own issues. Like the our yeah. own things that we've uncovered that we didn't previously know yeah. or that we have to work through. Yeah. Like it's not the responsibility of, in Oscar's case, both someone <laughs> as a person of color and someone of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. It's like so beyond not his job. Yeah, it's like fully not his job. <laughs> and like help him work through his it's, ridiculous it's like day panic almost. Like
0: yeah. it's yeah, not <laughs> yeah. So what's your next one? Okay, so my next one is from the same episode as my last one, which I didn't realize until I wrote them down. It's from Sex Ed, and it's when Andy says, Excuse me, everyone, can
1: I have your attention, please?
0: Not again. What do you mean again? You're always asking for our attention. No, maybe like a year ago. Mm, Seems recent. No, that's Andy. The reason it seems more recent is because many of us here have never stood up and asked for everyone's attention and it seems like you've done it on several occasions. <laughs> this is actually putting a lampshade a little bit on it. This is calling this is the show calling out that frequently members of the office stand up and demand everyone's attention. And That's they're calling very true. and they're calling it out in this scene that Andy stands up and says can I have everyone's attention.
1: So does when you use the phrase putting a lampshade on it does that always have a negative connotation or or no? I'm going to
0: Google what it means.
1: Because I, I'm grasping what it means, but f- at least in my opinion, in this case, it doesn't feel... No. It it's, feels well done. Yeah. Well,
0: I actually... I, it is well done. It is, It is well done because it's on my list. So I That's think it's true. very funny. And usually they're not funny. So let me look up what... Oh, no, I'm right. A word used for situations in media, mostly in comics and television, where the concerns, criticisms and arguments of the audience are answered in the text itself to assuage any disbelief and therefore frustration a reader or viewer might possess. So if someone, a criticism could be that it's unrealistic in a real office, no one stands up and demands everyone's attention and like makes announcements. And so if someone were to say, it's weird that in the office, everyone constantly is standing up and saying something, but the, and they're writing a joke saying, we know it's weird. Oscar's calling it out. that It's a weird thing. The show does. So it's, it's, um, it's usually not funny. It's, it's usually like a, a wink that they're doing to the, to the camera. And I hate, that usually but this one is well done this one is funny especially because it it's again because of who it comes from first of all that stanley is pointing out to andy who normally is not listening but he's just a, i guess he's more annoyed with andy that day than usual and he's like what the what what is it what do you need like why are you calling for our attention again I be bothered yeah this
1: is not want to be bothered yeah
0: and so then uh and then Oscar being the one to be like meanwhile Oscar does it <laughs> so, so it's like it's funny on addition to that because Oscar stood up and and made announcements to people maybe he might maybe is not usually the one to start them he'll he'll join in after someone already has started it but Oscar's not exempt from being someone who announces something to the office. (laughs) So it's, so it's funny. It's, I can't believe that this quote is lampshading after we just talked about it in another quote. (laughs) And usually they're bad. Usually they're weird and and not good, but this one is.
1: I'm, I'm so glad to finally have a word to explain what that is because Mm -hmm. I've noticed that happen before, but I never knew that it was actually a concept that you could name. It's what I'm here for. (laughs)
0: to give you more more vocabulary to talk about your TV (laughs) what is your final one
1: one? Hmm? was that your last one
0: that was my last one what is your last one
1: okay so it's from the duel (laughs) okay and they're all in the break room and Michael says to Dwight did you ever have intercourse in this office
0: are you serious
1: Ugh.
0: Where, where, where Dwight?
1: seems like you already know where. (laughs) Watch uh, so much of what makes Oscar great. It's not just the lines that they, that they write for him, Mm -hmm. but it's his delivery. The experience of watching Oscar even just on his face, go through every stage of grief mm-hmm. as he comes to the realization that Dwight and Angela have had sex on his desk. <laughs> I, I it, it brings me pure joy. <laughs> It's so great. And it
0: reminds me of that quote. I I actually had to think about it. And I was like, no, that's not in this episode. It reminds me of the quote that I told I texted you about the other day that I really laughed at when they're in a meeting and talking about PDA in the office. And they're talking about who's had sex in the office. And Dwight says,
1: confession. I have done PDA in the office. Thank you. I've had intercourse in the office. All right. As has Angela. Dwight! As has Ryan. As has Kelly. As has Meredith. As has Phyllis. As has Daryl. As has Creed. As has Michael. And as has Holly.
0: As has the repeating of that phrase is so hilarious in that scene when he says it. (laughs) I thought that that's what you're going to say, but then I remember it's totally not the right episode. Because it's almost not even a quote. It's not really the quote. It's actually what I think... To me, what makes that part funny is the look on his face because you see him realize what he's what he's coming to.
1: And then Dwight
0: saying, I think you already know.
1: (laughs) It's it's such amazing comedic acting, both by Oscar and by Rain. Yes. Because so much is communicated both through the words and on their faces. Absolutely. So that's it, huh? Yeah, that
0: wraps that up for now because I have a lot more that could be said.
1: We'll do a part two down the line. Yes. Um. (laughs) All right. right, guys. So So that wraps up the one with the office quotes. See you next time.